Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. My name is David and with me the NCP crew, Crystal. Hello and welcome to the Nerd Culture Podcast. <laughs> and Young Bo. Young Bo. Dude, I gotta say, last I listened to last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, the one, the last one I was on. The best and It's of. been a while since I listened to one and I sound a lot better. Like whenever <laughs> we first started doing this. I kind of sounded like a robot. I sounded really good last week. <laughs> and I hope you don't screw it up. And, like, this week I sound like a robot again. <laughs> that would be pretty bad, but no, hopefully not. Like, how you're doing this, I'm just coming out of, like, an iPad, right? Like, Yeah, it's, it's, it's just an iPad sitting up, up against the microphone. So I imagine that you guys all sit around a table and you, you've got a seat for every person. And then, you know, I, there's a, there's a, a, a chair that contains just my iPad. <laughs> Is that the way it works? <laughs> That's not quite how it works. Pretty much, except your chair's a, a Kleenex box. Yeah. Your, your chair happens <laughs> to be a, t- a tissue box. Well, I like that. And, uh, have, you seen this, uh, have you seen this new movie coming out, Her? Yeah, no, I haven't it's, seen it, but I didn't know about it, yeah. It, it came out here today, actually, in, in the U.S., but the guy is falling in love, falling in love with the... With the voice, the uh, OS has like a personality, like a Siri type thing, yeah. and he's falling in love with the personality on his phone. And I kind of feel like in your world, I'm almost like a really sophisticated OS. Like we've never been in the same room together, and our only interactions is just my voice coming out of a out of an iPad. I, I almost I almost feel like that uh, that that I'm kind of just a really advanced <laughs> algorithm. Like uh, all the episodes of the podcast, you're going to find out that I'm not real. I'm just a really advanced algorithm of responses. Are you, are you also implying that I'm therefore going to fall in love with you as well? Because <laughs> I, I don't know about that, dude, because we're using Skype, and your Skype, your Skype photo, it's, it's not the greatest, i got to tell you. <laughs> you got this weird look in your gonna- face. I'm going to work on a new one now, just so you have something better to look at whenever we're chatting. Put a photo of Chris Hemsworth on there. Yeah, and, that's, and then I'll be, I'll be over the moon. What if you could adjust, like, on the Siri thing, you could adjust the voice? Yeah, to a I wonder if that's how her ends. It's like, he, he adjusts the voice to a guy's voice, and then he's like, oh, well, I'm not into that anymore. <laughs> or he may be right. into that. It's, we're not here to judge. <laughs> no ju- Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Okay, well, let's, uh, let's move on to pop culture news. First up on the pop culture news I've got is Disney has announced that they're going to basically ignore anything that happened outside of the Star Wars movies in terms of um, continuity, sort of canon, what is considered canon or not. Um, and that has upset quite a lot of people. Uh, most notably, the most vocal... Uh, was the guy who did the Clone Wars TV series. And that makes a lot of sense to me because he's the, the Clone Wars series is basically the only thing outside of the films that is considered canon anyway. So um, he's upset because it now basically ignores everything that's happened between the, 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 between, um, the, origi- the prequel series and the original series. But it also, other people have also mentioned that they're, they're, they're annoyed that it's ignoring the comics and... Um, video games and stuff like that. And first, first off, I just want to talk about on why Disney made that decision. So, I think it was a smart move. Personally, it's it. Disney have now taken absolute control of the Star Wars universe, and they're never letting it go. I can tell you that. So, it only makes perfect sense for them to just say outright, "Okay, whatever you thought was the case, 
is now not the case. We're going to still we're going to deal with the films themselves, and then we're going to build on it with whatever we come up with. And that makes perfect sense because now then they're not they're not sort of confined by anything that happens outside of the films which they own. They can now build on it, and they don't they don't have to do what is expected. Because let's face it, the next film it's expected that you will see the children of the original characters. And that may or may not still happen, but even if it does still happen, it doesn't automatically now have to be Jaken and Jaina and Anakin. So so I'll go ahead and put this out there, that as a business decision, hmm. I think this is a good thing. Like, I think if they didn't do this, uh, like you're saying, like all the fans would go to the movie thinking, oh, well, I know exactly what's going to happen, and then whenever exactly what they thought was going to happen didn't happen, yeah. then they felt they felt cheated, felt gypped, and they had a new reason not to like the movie. Um, Good call. Whereas I think most people going into this film, like the majority of people that will see this movie, have no idea what's canon, what's not, and they shouldn't be expected going into the movie to know, they shouldn't be expected to know about the backstory that never happened in the movies. Exactly. Um, because, I mean, the, the truth is, like, 90% of the people that go see it are not going to know anything about the Dark Horse comics. They're not going to know, you know, maybe some of them will know uh, the TV show. Yeah. But but that's about it. 10% of the audience that knows that, they didn't make the movie for 10, 10% of their audience, you know? That's right. And so, I mean, from Disney's perspective, I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. I see why they're doing it. Um, but that being said... If they were doing this to a franchise that you know I loved as much as some people love Star Wars, I, I think I might be a little upset. I don't know. Well, I, 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 I am that person. I mean, I mean, you're talking to that person. I love Star Wars with all my heart, and <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's a, a, a main part of my childhood, and you know, and I'll always love it, no matter how much they stuff it up. But even I can see the the smart move that this is. It makes a lot of sense, and and that, and that leads me to to what exactly is considered canon. Um, it, it's it seems to be some sort of weird idea for people that anything that comes out with the Star Wars logo is automatically part of the Star Wars universe, and that's just not the case. So it's what the the films themselves are, the Clone Wars TV show was, and none of the comics are. So that's that's right from the outset. None of the comics are, none of the books are. So the the main thing is the the books that came that are set directly after Return of the Jedi, which are called the Heir to the Empire trilogy by Timothy Zahn. And a lot of people consider them to be canon, but they've always been said that they're not. And the confusion is, is because Lucas actually took elements out of that story and put them into the universe in the prequel movies, because those books came out way before the prequel movies did. And, yeah. and then and used those. And the most, most, uh, the most famous one, of course, is uh, Coruscant, the, the name of the Imperial planet. It didn't exist until Timothy Zahn created it, and Lucas took it. Oh, wow. Right, because he liked it, right? And what the planet looks like and all that sort of stuff. So that sort of stuff is canon now because he, Lucas has taken it. But the books, the stories themselves, are not. Jaina and Jaken are not canon. Luke going to the dark side is not canon. None of this happened. Um, and another another one that's kind of that is kind of confusing for people, and I can understand why that is, is the Force Unleashed. You know, it's it's a set of stories that deals with Vader's apprentice. So Vader has, yeah. it's like finds an apprentice while he's doing the purge, and it's a cool story. It's uh, they're they're cool games. Oh, the gameplay is terrible, but the story is all all cool. And yeah. there's a bit of confusion to that because they were designed and written with Lucas. Lucas actually had quite a lot of input into how the story was going to play out. 
and like he wanted it to be about the formation of the, our, the Rebel Alliance. He wanted he he was fine with having with Vader having an apprentice and didn't see any reason why it couldn't be and had some input and, and all. And they they used his name like Luke's original name in the original draft of Star Wars was going to be called Star Killer, and they used that for this character instead because it made a lot more sense and stuff like that. But that's not canon either, despite what the creators that game may think. It's actually not, and Lucas himself has said that. It's a little like the way comic book movies work, where, like, I remember whenever um, my younger sister was getting into, um, she doesn't read comics, but she started watching the superhero cartoons on um, uh, Cartoon Network, and, like, you know, I was, like, super excited. I remember exactly how it went down. She's, one day she asked me who would win in a race, uh, Superman or The Flash, and cool. I dropped whatever was in my hand, and I said, I've been waiting your whole life for you to ask me that question. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, but like, yeah, I started, I started trying to like get her into the comic book world. I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain to her the continuity between the cartoon and the comic or the movies and the comic. And there just is no, there is no, there no. is no connection. They're completely different. None. And so, I mean, I mean, Star Wars just, you know, is one of those uh, franchises that, the fans have always taken it as if it were 100% in continuity with each other. But I mean, the truth is it's a little more like DC where it's, it's really not like there's, there's kind of a movie universe and there's kind of a comic universe and now there's a video game universe. And, Hmm. and this decision in any other, in any other franchise would not be as big of a deal. And fans, fans, Star Wars fans get rabid about any changes. It's <laughs> just any changes at all. <laughs> but I mean, it would have been cool if they'd done something. I mean, the next, the next biggest franchise would be Star Trek, and what they did with Star Trek was cool, where they, where they rebooted the universe but yeah. kept the original universe existing. So the two Star Trek universes now exist simultaneously, and they're linked by having Spock Prime. And that's yeah, that's a brilliant idea. That's actually the probably really the only is. idea that he's ever had that's good. JJ Abrams is not going to do that twice, though. You know, that's exactly right. He's not going to do it again. And I, I just, I don't really think it matters all that much. We're really talking about which part of the made-up universe is real and which made up part of the made-up universe isn't real. So I, I think, well, for, from my perspective, if it's part, if it's canon or not canon, whether you enjoy it or not, that should be the main point. Exactly. If you enjoy it, yeah. it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit in with the rest of the the made up universe. <laughs> if you enjoy it, go ahead and, and have fun with it. Yeah, those stories still exist. That's right; they still exist. It's, it doesn't matter if uh, if it's not carved in stone, saying this is how it was. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the book the book Splinter of the Mind's Eye um, by Alan Dean Foster. It doesn't exist in Star Wars continuity, but it's still a cool story. Yeah, it's it's like. I still can't remember what it was. I had this this online little argument with Will Wheaton. <laughs> he mentioned something in Star Trek, and I said, oh, yes, but in the animated universe, this thing happened. And he's like, oh, I'd hate to out-nerd you, but the animated universe isn't considered canon. I'm like, well, that's got all the same characters in it. It's in the same universe. I don't really care. I still enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. I think it was Spock's, wasn't it Spock's pet. I think it's something to do with Spock's pet, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if J.J. Abrams does have something up his sleeve similar to what happened in Star Trek. Um, I mean, he's not going to do the same thing again, but I wonder if there's some way for him to do, you know, kind of a retcon without, you know, actually leaving the old um, continuity in the dust. Like, the cool thing about the way it was done in Star Trek is that 
because of Spock, they, they not only have a connection to the other world and not only is the other universe still going on and, and those stories, you know, all happen, but they have the prior knowledge in Spock. Like they, like because this happened and the, the relaunch of the universe happened, they actually have, you know, this universe is different because they have the knowledge of what happened in that one. Which is, and, then, and, which is then used in that terrible scene in uh, Into Darkness. Yeah, you say it's terrible, but that's why I like it. It's because of what <laughs> I just like. Yeah, I, I agree with both. Oh, really? <laughs> you're, just, you're just both in love, with, in love with Leonard Nimoy. That's all it is. <laughs> Stops the but film like, dead. I think that I'm going to see the movie, and I'm probably going to enjoy it. Yeah. I have a lot of faith that it's going to be a good movie, but it would be really awesome if there's just something that is going to happen that we just don't know about it yet that is going to make this make sense, this, this continuity leap. But I mean, we'll just have to see. Yeah, I'm I'm agree with you. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm still gonna see it anyway. I mean, everybody who's whinging is gonna still going to see it. <laughs> Simple. Oh as yeah, that. exactly. So and that's why that's why they don't make the movie for that ten percent because they know they're gonna go either way. <laughs> that's it. And it's and I I never considered anything other than the films to be canon anyway. So I'm totally cool. With it. But I, I mean, I can see why people are upset. I can definitely see it, especially the Clone Wars people. I mean, they were treated yeah. quite unfairly. Like this, the series was ended before they got to finish it. And now they're told that everything they did doesn't matter anyway. And it's like, well, that's kind of upsetting. Yeah, that's but gross. like Crystal says, it, it's still, I mean, it still, still exists. If you want to watch the Clone Wars Blu-rays, go for your life. They're still awesome. Exactly. All right. I think we've, <laughs> we've, talked about it. we've done everything we can about that. Let's uh, move on to a nice and quick one. Just You just want to mention, Bo, that uh, comic sales are up 9% over last year. I actually am reading this article right now. I'm wondering if this is including digital it's not versus it doesn't include oh, digital. so it's not no so this it's actually it's going to be more than nine percent yeah it's just it's just printed comics so it's, wow yeah so if you can if because digital if you include digital this figure would be much higher yeah that's that's what I was yeah. that's what I was going to say yeah. is if it only went up nine percent including digital that's not that great that's actually pretty bad yeah well the last but, last year was twelve percent up from the previous year. So 2012 was 12% up from 2011, and now they're saying that 2013 was 9% up from from 2012, but then don't count digital? It's like, that's madness. If you count digital sales, which exploded in 2013, Mm -hmm. it's never been any bigger than it was in 2013, and it's only going to increase. I'm on the fence, man. I'm almost at the point where I want to do digital. Yeah. I'm getting in a. I don't know where to put all these things in my house anymore. Yeah. I'm gonna have to start selling them on eBay anyway. Yeah. And I'm, but at the same time, it's just such a tradition to have the physical copy that I don't know that I'm ready to make the leap yet. You know. Yeah, it's a hard decision, and I totally see what you're saying. I've, but I, I kind of do both. I do single issues digitally, and then buy the trades. Bit, yeah, trades is a good trade-off. Mm. <laughs> a bit like my collection of CDs that are gathering dust in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Like, I don't want any physical movies anymore. Mm. Why do I want physical comics? Like, comics is the one part of my life where it's like I still want to have the physical. I don't buy music. I don't buy movies. I don't want any any other form of technology. I'd be all for yeah. Let's let's go ahead and move on. It's time to progress, you <laughs> know. But but when it comes to comics, I'm like I still want I still want there to be paper comics i don't i don't yeah. I, and i can't explain why it's, I, I don't, it's, it's it's weird it's it's like it's like it's not real unless you've got the thing in your hand and you can turn the pages you don't actually have it you just have a pretend copy that's yeah. a good point that's a good point i mean I, I prefer the physicality of it because i just like to have it in my hand especially books 
Actually, I mean, I've got an e. I've got I've got a Kobo, and uh, it's got a really cool sort of e ink screen and stuff. And it's really nice. And it's nice to read on, but just having the physical book in my hand, returning the pages, like it's yeah. I, I'm with Crystal. So I like, I'm, I'm I, same with trades. I like I like digital books as well. I like mm. the search function and the the dictionary. You can just click on a word and it tells you what it means. You can't do that in a in a physical book. But then I like physical books too because I like to flip forward and flip backwards. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The flipping yeah. around stuff really. Yeah. Anyway, oh well, digital. It's it's a it's a tough to skiz, the, a decision. I agree. Like, they I, should they should bring out an, an e reader specifically for comics. They should. That's yeah. what I was just about to say. Thank you very much for that very cool segue. Um, it's, I mean, I read all my my digital stuff on my iPad, which is nine inches. Um, I hear you. <laughs> and uh, no, no. <laughs> Um, I was going to play a horse sound effect, but we're <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, comics are eleven inches. So if they ever if they bring out a eleven inch comic specific sized tablet, my god, that thing would sell. That is a really good idea. I, I don't understand, I don't understand why idea. people haven't done it. They've done this mini rubbish. <laughs> having a and a proper eleven inch sized like you know, and it's the closest that comes to it is the ten point one ASUS tablet, the Transformer. And, yeah, but the only problem with that though is that it's stretched out, so it's landscape, so you can watch films and stuff on it, and the films look great. Yeah. But then when you turn it turn it to portrait to read a comic on it, it's kind of it's too thin, like it's too skinny, and it just doesn't it just doesn't work. So I'm so Asus, <laughs> Apple, all you people, well, Marvel or DC get should on there. commission something. That's awesome, yeah. or both of them, and then they can awesome compete. idea. They should have they should uh, make an 11 inch tablet and just go mental. We should pitch it. We should. How do, you, how do you think that? How do you think that like the digital comic world like affects the the local comic book store? You know. Oh, that's a that's I mean, a that's a conversation. That's another reason I buy I buy physical is because you know I'm trying to think of like I want I want the comic book store to be there, but you know there's a there's a comic book store here in town. Uh, a com- to call them a comic book store is, is not accurate. There's a store here in town. That basically sells everything a comic book store would, only no comics. They still do Friday Night Magics. They still do, you know, the Yu-Gi-Oh nights. They do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sell figurines and all that, but no, but no comics. So I mean, maybe that's what the future holds for some comic book stores. They only, or their 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 comic section will get smaller. You know, I actually um, I actually think comic shops should start selling digital comics on site. Like they set up a kiosk with a computer. And yeah. uh, and ports, and you take your tablet in there or whatever, what have you, and then the new releases come out because new releases come out at the same time that p- paper comes out. You just select what you want, put it onto your tablet, and away you go. They work out some sort of system with Marvel. And but why would you do that whatever. when you can do it from home? What if you got crappy uh, crappy internet or something? Yeah, there you still got the experience of going in to go buy a comic because I because I would do that. I would go in. Buy the Me digital too, yeah. digital singles on the tablet and buy the trades while I was there. So I'm still buying stuff. I'm still going into the shop. You can still on sale. Well, the shop would have to have really good broadband then. Yeah, they would. Or or if they had something like if they had something physical like trading cards or something. <laughs> I don't know. But they could they could basically sell. You remember how they used to do the World of Warcraft trading card game where it was like you know yeah. you buy a booster pack and, and then the some of the cards thing. would have something you get in game. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I totally go with the I go with that I go with the cards, but I I do like my kiosk idea. I must say, we'll figure it out. So there you go, comic sales. Uh, the last item of news we've got is a pretty funny one, actually. It's uh, 
another website that uh, I can't remember the name of off the top of my head, but uh, the one this guy from this website, this only happened like a couple of days, like a week ago. He was talking, he was discussing um, possible Man of Steel two rumors, like in, and stuff, like plot points and stuff like that. And one of those was that the he's he's, he's basically you know wouldn't it be cool if uh, the Amazons, which is what Wonder Woman's part of. We're actually Kryptonians, and we're part of that whole. You know, when they seeded the universe, they they sort of they they that they've they've been living on Earth all this time, and have now basically essentially forgotten that they're Kryptonians and are now the Amazons, and that's where Wonder Woman comes from. Now, that was purely conjecture, but when he said that, the internet exploded. <laughs> so it's another internet yeah. explosion. Um, it's it's gone around the internet. Basically, it's gone viral. As as and is now basically being classified as a spoiler, and it even got to the point where CNN and other news type places, if you want to call them that, reported oh, wow. reported on this as a spoiler and quoted him, quoted that guy, and so he's been getting a lot of a lot of feedback. So it's good for his traffic for his site, but it also yeah. it's, it's bad in terms that people have been going off at him, and uh, and he's been getting he's getting good and plus feedback, and he's basically now come out and said, look. I never said <laughs> that this was an actual spoiler. I, need to, I just need to stress the, the point that I don't have like a leak on the set. And it's important that he does that because Warner Brothers have gone really tight on security for this film. Like they've really clamped down on any possible spoilers. The people that are in the film are only getting the stuff that they need to know for that day. So they're getting it on a daily basis. They're not getting wow. full scripts. And it's just the, the possibility of spoilers is, is very, very minute no photos are allowed to be taken, all that sort of stuff. And so he's come out and said, look, I, never, I didn't say this is, a, this is not a spoiler. Nobody on the set is t- talking to me. This is just me talking crap. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's, I mean, it's awesome for him and uh, for stuff for traffic on his site. Kudos, I say. Uh, but also, yeah. I, th- I think the rumor itself, the idea that he had, is awesome. Uh, what, yeah, actually, that's, what's wrong with that's it? That's why it caught on so well was yeah. because... It's uh, it's believable. Like yeah. I could see the movie industry doing. I could see the movie industry a explaining that Wonder Woman's Kryptonian just because it's easier to explain in a movie that she's similar to Superman. Yeah. And then B, I could see them doing it because they do have this great like kind of backstory that they can say, well, oh, well, in the comics this happened. Yeah. And so it, you know, it, there, there's like a loophole almost. Like a, there's a place where they can put it. Yeah. Um. It makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, it fits into the yeah. to the Man of Steel universe, and they don't now. They don't have to bother explaining the gods and her relationship to them and all that sort of yeah. stuff. That's a whole different story that they don't need to worry about now. They basically can just now take her, put her straight into the film, and let her be a major character without instead of, instead of having to worry that's, about a separate plot. That's clearly not what they're going to do now. Even if they were going to do it, they, they can't yeah. do it now. <laughs> that's so true. I'm actually now disappointed that if that actually was true, they're, gonna, they're now going to be thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a shame. And, and to, all, sure. to, the, to the Wonder Woman fans that are upset, I can see why they're upset. I mean, Wonder Woman means a lot to them, and... You know they wanted to be the character that they that they grew up and loved, and that's fine. But having her origin as, as like this doesn't change her as a person. Like, and she can right. she can still think the exact same stuff she thought without having the myth- mythological background. I mean, she's still an ambassador for peace. She's still part of the Amazons. She's I mean she's she's still a warrior. And it doesn't change any of the stuff that's come beforehand. I mean, all those comics and things still exist. Yeah. So I mean, one there was one reaction that I read that I just think is just. 
ridiculous. But it's just it's like, well, this is basically spitting in the face of every every girl who grew up worshipping Wonder Woman. And that was it. That was the whole quote. And surely there was more to that quote. Because if that's just the quote, <laughs> that is just stupid. I mean, I'm not even going to mince words with you. It's just stupid. How, how does it... How does changing the way that her origin spit in the face of the girls that like Wonder Woman? They don't. The, the girls that grow up loving Wonder Woman don't care about their origin story. They don't care. All they know is that she's from a, a race of women, of warrior women, who and now what she does is she fights for peace. That's it. That's all they need to know. Having it being Kryptonian right. doesn't change any of that. And I've always liked the idea that, you know. I can't think of an example right now, but there's been like science fiction movies and stories where an alien race that is far more powerful than um, than said planet planted life on that planet, hmm. and then those people think of them as gods. Yeah. So I mean, like it's it's really not all that different. I mean, like to the Amazonians, the Kryptonians are almost gods. You know, yeah. I mean, they if if this story were to pan out, they planted life on this planet. And created, you know, their society and their people and, and sort of guided their existence. Mm. I mean, I don't know. It they, all could, makes, they could see them as gods. It all makes perfect sense to me. The other, the other, other another person that was upset, they, they said something along the lines of, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was some of the lines of, if you wanted to have Supergirl in the movie, why not just have Supergirl? Why change Wonder Woman well, to be Supergirl? True. I actually don't think that is true. I mean, this actually this actually gets away from the from the need to have Supergirl. You don't you don't need Supergirl yeah. as a character now because you've got Wonder Woman. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no need to have Supergirl Supergirl in this in this cinematic well, universe. Well, you can have. You see, are you saying you can't have two girl characters? No, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying you shouldn't. I didn't say you shouldn't have Supergirl. I love Supergirl. Look at my statue. Girl, look at my cabinet. <laughs> Superman and Batman and. and I'm just saying, man, yeah, man, man, man. Yeah, I'm, no, no, I'm telling. Well, there's Wonder Woman, and she's a she's a woman, a woman, a woman. She's not a, <laughs> not a super girl. That's right. I'm totally yeah. cool. I'm totally <laughs> cool having Supergirl in the universe. I want her to be in this movie universe. I'm just saying now they don't need to have her because they've got because, their token girl. Because they've got their token girl. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying because you're making me sound one... bad. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be chauvinistic. I'm not saying they shouldn't no, have no, good female not, characters. I'm you not... should have good female characters. I'm just saying now you don't need to have her, but you should have but, female characters. But, 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 you don't need to have two characters of either sex that have such a similar backstory. Bang! It'd be like if, it'd be like if they explained that that uh, that uh, the Green Lantern was from uh, Krypton somehow. You know, like, <laughs> they need two guys Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't. That would be hilarious. I can't think of any. And the, the ring is just something he wears. Just for the heck of it. <laughs> I can't think of any fictional character from anything, even the Star Trek universe that I'm very passionate about. I can't think of anybody who, if somebody came along and made a new movie and just changed their backstory, I'd be that upset about. I wouldn't. Have, oh. I couldn't think that I'd be considered that'd be a spit in the face for anything. I can I can understand why people get upset. Like I, I don't want to disparage people getting upset because it's their hero, right? I mean, when when the changes were made to to, to Peter in the Spider Man comics, I was upset. So I mean, I, I can understand why you would do that because it means a lot to you for when you're growing up. But and then, that if sort you of don't stuff. like that, don't you just ignore that bit and focus on all the other stuff that came beforehand that you do like? Exactly, exactly right. There's oh, just focus fo- focus on the positives. That's that's basically what it is. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just too logical. But if uh, if someone came along and made a new uh, Captain Picard 
and he was just like completely different, what? I'd burn their house down. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so pissed. <laughs> if they ever if they ever remake one of those movies and like it's not you know, like someone plays Patrick Stewart's role and he's like just not the philosopher that, that uh Picard was and he's just a dick to all the. <laughs> I would, I would just, I would absolutely hate it. I would I absolutely hate it. What if, if, if you played by James McAvoy? If they remade Nemesis and made it good, yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> if they remade Nemesis, that would be a good idea because that was terrible. Everybody, I don't think it's terrible. It's not that bad. Come on. Oh, no, it's not that bad. It's not. It's not. It's definitely not the best thing ever, but it's it's not that bad. It's it's, not, it isn't that bad. My my biggest gripe with it is that it could have been better. It's woefully bad. Yeah. <laughs> it is that bad. Having I'm going read, right out there. It's, having it's the read the novelization, the it could have been much better. It's the worst Star Trek film by far. It's terrible. Uh, I mean, I could say it is probably one of the worst Star Trek films, but that's still like one of the worst of my favorite movies of all <laughs> yeah, time. That's you know? true. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, I'd still watch that over many other movies. <laughs> I wouldn't. Many, many other movies that are sitting on your shelf right now. <laughs> yeah, I've got some bad. I've got some bad films on that shelf. There's no doubt about that. Oh, jeez. Anyway, um, there you have it. That's our pop culture news. You know, we went on for a while. It was uh, that was entertaining stuff. I knew, I knew we were going to talk about the Star Wars thing for a while. I knew it. Uh, let's move on to our popcorn junkies. First up, we've got Young Bo with Best Worst Movie. Oh, I'm going first, huh? Yeah. So, Best Worst Movie. I, I promise I won't do a documentary every week. I think this is like the third one in a row now. Yeah. Um, I like the documentary. <laughs> no, keep, keep it up, dude. I, I, I've watched... I, I hardly ever watch documentaries, but now that I've met you... Not that I've ever actually met you. You could just be a fictional character. Uh, but uh, but you've, you've opened my eyes to the world of documentaries. And w- without you, I wouldn't have watched stuff like, you know, We Steal Secrets or Blackfish. And they're brilliant. Yeah. Best Worst Movie is a, is a really good documentary. It's, it's basically, you know how there's movies that are just so bad that they're fun to watch? Yeah. Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, this movie is about... Uh, the movie Troll 2, which, honestly, I've never seen Troll 2. And that seems seems odd. It seems like a movie I should have seen, honestly. Like, a lot of my friends love hating that movie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Actually, I have seen Troll 2, but I haven't seen this yeah. documentary, so it's, it's a bit of a flip. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen either, so... Well, I've seen it. Like, they play bits of it in the documentary, so I feel like I've seen most of the movie just from watching the documentary. <laughs> um, and it is terrible. It is terrible. But, but I do also get the whole like fandom of something that is like you know really really bad, but but you just love to hate it. Um, and basically, the documentary goes through all the people that worked on the movie, and it explains uh, like what they're doing now, what they were doing at the time, um, the people that made Troll Two, um, how Troll Two even came to be. Like it is so bizarre that there's a movie called Troll Two. That doesn't have anything to do with the movie Troll, which was made by a different group of people hmm. and was actually about trolls. This movie doesn't have a troll in it. It's called Troll 2, and it's about goblins. Vegetarian goblins that basically turned the guests of this town 
into vegetables so that they can eat them. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Chop their face um, off first, obviously. So, and the guy who the guy who's doing the documentary is the one of the actors from yeah. the film, yeah. Yeah. So the main character of the movie is this little boy, yeah. and he's you know he's a kid when they filmed the movie, and grown up he made the documentary. Um, the dad in the movie is a really interesting character. Um, the dad in the movie now is a dentist, and he lives in a small town. Basically, the documentary starts out interviewing the the guy that played the dad and everybody in the small town like loves him and then you hear off camera you hear him go uh did you ever see him in a movie called troll 2 oh yeah troll he was terrible in troll 2 (laughs) that movie's terrible (laughs) and and the guy doesn't want anything to do with troll 2 none of the actors that were in it want anything to do with and and some of them were actually wanting to be like actors and and actresses but now they have troll 2 on their resume and no one wants to hire him because this movie is just so bad Mm. and so they've went off and done other things the guy making the documentary has discovered this fandom, you know, of people that actually like the movie because of of how fun it is to watch. I, you know, bad may not be the right term. I mean, it is a really bad movie, but it's fun. Like people really enjoy getting together and watching it and laughing, you know, about it together. And they have these big like conventions, like where they all get together and and they have screenings of the movie. And um, the guy making the documentary. He introduces all these actors that have been hiding from it their whole lives that didn't want anything to do with Troll 2. Um, he introduces them to this new fandom that they've got that they have no idea um, that you know people are, are paying to see this movie even now, 20 years later. The the nice guy in the beginning, the guy that played the dad, like he he's still a nice guy at the end, but he started out like totally avoiding Troll 2. And then by the end of the documentary, every everybody they show him like he introduces himself. He's like, "Hey, have you seen Troll 2? You haven't seen it." <laughs> Oh, you're missing out. It's the worst movie ever. <laughs> oh, and one of the characters, um, if you if you watch the movie, you'll know who this guy is, but there's a guy that owns a convenience store that wears a straw hat. Yep. yep. And he seems insane in the movie. Yeah. Well, he was literally insane whenever they made the movie. <laughs> what? He was he was staying at like a um at like a hospital for the mentally mentally, you know, Insane. <laughs> and uh, and they basically he had a free day where he could go do what he wanted, and he went out. He met the the director and his wife, and auditioned for the part. They said that they said that he didn't get the part, but they would use him as a backup. And so he goes back to the hospital, tells them what happened. They're like, "Oh yeah, sure. You know, you can go out just to do the movie, and then you come back, stay here." And um. He goes out the next day, and the other guy didn't show up, so he got the part in the movie. And and he's, I mean, they interview this guy today, who's who's out of the hospital. Um, he's still a little nutty, but he's out of the hospital. And he basically said, like, during I had no idea until twenty late twenty years later that I was even in this. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he he kind of remembers it, but he had no idea what was going on. Um, he was on all kinds of medication from the hospital and, and, um, he said that he remembers there was this kid on the set and he's talking about the main character and he has, he doesn't know that the person filming him right now doing the interview is the kid he's talking about. He said, I remember there was this kid on set and I was so out of my mind and he was just such a brat and he was getting on my nerves. There's a scene where we were trying to feed him this green goo and I really wanted to feed him that green goo. I just wanted to take his head and shove it into the green goo. (laughs) I mean, he was like, and 
like everybody thinks he's such a brilliant actor, but he really was. He was really insane whenever he whenever he shot the movie. <laughs> That's gold. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. This is the best documentary I've watched, but I definitely give it a three out of five. I mean, it's it's worth watching. If you got Netflix, you you know it's it's worth watching. I wouldn't go out and buy it or, or pay to download it or anything, but um, check it out if you haven't. It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, thanks for that, man. That was awesome. Uh, next up, we've got Crystal with The Trip. The Trip is a British comedy film. It started out life as a, a TV show, but they added it into a film, and we've, we've watched the film version a couple of times now. It stars Rob Brydon and Steve Coogan as fictional versions of themselves, and they're going on a restaurant tour of England. And basically, it's just a film of... Uh, Rob Brydon being quite annoying towards Steve Coogan. <laughs> but but there, to be more, fair, Steve Coogan breeds it on himself. There is more to it than that. Steve, Steve's sort of a bit down on himself. He's uh, he's quite successful in his career, but his personal life's a bit dismal, whereas um, Rob's got a nice, happy family life, and he's just generally a happy person. Hmm. Um, Favourite bit in the film is the, the Michael Caine off. <laughs> I, I like to call it the Michael Caine off. They they're sitting down over dinner as they, as they do because they're on a restaurant tour. They're um, supposed to be critiquing these restaurants, um, and they're both quite good mimics. And so that they naturally they just mimic people whenever they can. And they get into this Michael Caine off where it was one's trying to they're trying to outdo each other. The best Michael Caine, like no, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. And I really wish I could do Michael Caine now just to demonstrate. And they've got different Michael T- Caines from different stages of his exactly. Uh, acting. Exactly, and how his voice changes. That's it's pretty cool. Very clever. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's, there's no deep story to it or anything, but it keeps you intrigued and it's highly amusing. What I got out of the film is that uh, I would never, ever want to go on a trip, a road trip with uh, Rob Brydon. I would. I, I love the man. He's awesome. But I can assume after a couple of hours in a car with him, it would get very tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> and there's a, there actually is a sequel coming out to the trip fairly soon. It's not called the the fall over. The second trip. The trip trip again. <laughs> the trip continues. We'll send you a postcard this time. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice trip, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, uh, very short review, but I give this film uh, four looks. Cool, that was a cool review. That was good. Thank you. Okay, uh, so next up is me, and I'm doing Machete Kills. Machete Dog Text. <laughs> you got to love it, because in this new one, it's machete, machete Don't Tweet. <laughs> you said that as you were going to sleep last night. Did I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, now, I chose uh, Machete Kills, cause, uh, not because it's... Uh, like my favourite film or anything it just happens to be the film the last film that I saw <laughs> that's really all it was and it's fresh in my memory I mean I've seen I've, I've actually been on holidays from work for the last couple of weeks and I've seen a ridiculous amount of movies like at None least, of them at least two, or, two or three a day and uh, most of them not very good but I've been intentionally watching bad <laughs> films um, like I'll give you a, a classic example with Zardoz with Sean Connery, it's just terrible. But I've been, I've been intentionally watching some bad stuff just sort of past the time, and uh, Machete Kills just happens to be the last one on that list. Um, it is, of course, a follow-up to uh, Machete um, from Robert Rodriguez and his Troublemaker Studios. And it started off life as a fake trailer for the Grindhouse films. And, yeah. just, and just brought on, just took on a life of its own. It was amazing. And 
I have, is the trailer for the In the Greenhouse films are awesome. All the trailers are awesome. And some of them are still yet to be made, which is a shame because uh, don't. It <laughs> would be brilliant. <laughs> with, with Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. <laughs> brilliant stuff. But anyway, Machete did actually eventually He'd get made. It and it's not. He would do it. <laughs> Nick Cage needs the money. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to pay those bills. You've got to pay the bills. <laughs> You've got to pay the bills. Um, and yes, and so Machete One, uh, when that came out, I was quite excited, and I went to see it, and I, and I liked it a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. It wasn't good by any means, um, but it's always good to see Danny Trejo on screen, and I mean, he's, he's got a lot of presence, I think. And it's you know, it, it does what it does. It's fine. It was never meant to be good, though. Yeah, it was not meant to be good. It's intentionally bad, and it did that very well. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> <laughs> But then, unfortunately, you get to Machete Kills. Now, Machete was quite popular. It made quite a bit of money. And so, you know, Robert Rodriguez, got to pay the bills. <laughs> and so, decided to make a, a sequel and uh, Machete Kills. And it, they did sort of tease. He he always did say that he wanted it to be a trilogy in sort of the vein of the Grindhouse films. And so, the, the trilogy was meant is meant to be Machete, Machete, Machete Kills, and then Machete Kills again. Um, unfortunately, that's now sort of slightly changed. So you've got Machete Kills, and the next film in the trilogy is actually, is actually going to be Machete Kills again in space. So they've just they've taken the, <laughs> the ridiculous quota like right off. And, Machete and, in space, and you laugh, and it's it's funny. It's it's actually while I was watching, it's actually the film starts with a fake trailer for Machete Kills again in space. Um, and the trailer is hilarious, right? So I'm thinking this is this is a good sign. I mean, this is this is going to be pretty good. But then, when unfortunately we get into the film, it's not very good. It's I mean, unfortunately, it's just not very good. It's it's Danny. I mean, it's, I, I love the man, Danny Trejo. I think he's awesome, but he's just too, he's just now it's just too old. He just he just it's like he's asleep for most of the film. He just he just can't he just can't portray any badassness. And look, I, you know, if I ever met him personally, I would you know get down and worship him as, as the man that he is. But so he doesn't kill and, me. And so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to start any trouble because uh, he would kill me. But unfortunately, in this film, he just he just does not really do anything, and it's just and it's a real shame. Um, the only other, other problem is that it's really that's actually just not funny, and that's that's I mean, there's there is well, the one exception is this one absolutely hilarious bit that involves Machete and Amber Heard. They're about to have a sex scene, and so it cuts to this 3D effect, which is ridiculous. It's not 3D at all. It says, put on your 3D glasses, and it goes to this ridiculous sort of hazy 60s 3D effect, which it doesn't work because I put some 3D glasses on. <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> but the, the actual, but then it, but it starts up with the you know bow, picture, bow, wow, porno music, and it's just gold. The whole the scene is brilliant. Unfortunately, everything after that scene is not funny. It's a, it's either not funny or horrendously not funny. And so it's it sort of varies between the two. Even having the the factor the the Mel Gibson sharp as the main bad guy. But unfortunately, he just—he's still his character is so crap that even you know he can't sort of really bring anything out of it. It's a, and it turns into a bad sort of James Bond rip-off spoof type thing. It's just not very funny. It does have a couple of cool um, bloods—you know, blood spilling scenes. Of course, I mean, his name's Machete, so he cuts a lot of heads off and that sort of stuff. But they grow old really fast. He gets his grappling grappling gun device thing that he uses. At least four or five times. The first time, funny. Second time, yeah. Third, fourth, fifth time, give it up. It's just not good anymore. So it's a shame. And then, it, so basically, it ends with you know all the stuff that's it's uh, meant to go into for Machete Kills Again in Space, where the president, played by um, 
Charlie Sheen since yeah. uh, <laughs> since <laughs> Machete up into space. It's uh, it's not very good. Um, I did have one interesting, uh, I thought, sort of plot, sort of device where you have this assassin uh, played by the guy from The Shield, not Michael Chiklis, the other guy, his friend. Um, and uh, and he has this thing where any, whenever somebody sees his face, he rips off that face to reveal somebody else. So he, who then <laughs> who then proceeds on, on his mission, and then somebody sees his face, and uh, and it doesn't matter if you see his face in terms of trying to like uh, identify him for the police. No, no, if you just happen to be walking past and you see his face, well, that's it. You're dead. Um, and so so that's pretty cool, right? That's, that that sort of bit's pretty good, but unfortunately, it's surrounded by a whole bunch of stuff. I just I don't know. I can't I can't go into it anymore. Anyway, it's bad. Don't see it. One out of five. Coming up next, we've got Contest of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Uh, so for this Contest of Champions, we've got the Borg from the Star Trek universe versus the Xenomorphs, otherwise known as the Aliens from the Aliens universe. I think this is a pretty cool one, actually. This is this is going to be all-out war, much like the Ewoks versus the Jawas. This is uh, this is going to be full on. This so is nowhere near as cute. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. I oh, know they're going to be a lot cuter. Those Ewoks, they suck. Um, anyway, so the scenario is that the Borg, a Borg cube, has come across a derelict spaceship that they've gone to investigate. They've noticed some uh, unusual life signs on there. With their scans, so they've gone. So they've uh, a boarding party of Borg beamed onto the ship to investigate. When they do, they are of course then attacked by the Xenomorphs because the Xenomorphs they don't muck around. They're not in for conversation. Yeah. That's banned straight into there. So uh, unbeknownst to the Borg, there's a hive, there's a queen, an alien queen, and a crapload of drones on this ship. So the Borg have beamed on. Let the games begin. So Bo, you're the Borg. Bocutus my... of Borg. <laughs> I'm Bocutus. <laughs> I myself. Where do you come up with these bow puns? I don't know. Bocutus of Borg. It's just no good. I'm going to shut that in somehow. That's good. we got to work that into the show notes I'll work somehow. that in there somehow. <laughs> Bocutus of Borg. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so it's drones versus drones, queen versus queen. That's essentially it, yeah. Is that, you like how I come <laughs> up with this? So Bo, uh, Bo is going to be... Bocutus of Borg is going to play the Borg. Bocutus of Borg. And uh, I'm going to be the Xenomorphs, and Crystal's just going to jump in every now and again with her gold. Like she did with the C-3PO thing for the Ewok Java fight, because that was no, awesome. No pressure there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there we have it. So the Borg have beamed on. They've just been attacked by my Xenomorphs. Bo, you got anything? I think in person, I think the Xenomorphs would tear apart the Borg. I think the Borg could put up a decent fight, but those drones are not really... You know, the thing about the Borg is the drones are not really fighters. I mean, they're workers. Um, It's just they have such overwhelming numbers. Um, They could keep sending um, Borg drones onto that ship, you know, almost endlessly. I mean, they could just keep sending them over there, keep having them die, but, you know, they take out a few... Um, and then they could just keep doing that, and then the Borg's whole like strategy would just be to outnumber them and to overwhelm them. Yep, that's essentially it. I, I totally agree there. As I, I think I, I think the way they put this fight would go is the, is the Borg beam over to investigate the aliens attack them. The Borg, because there's so few of them at the moment, they first initially start off with beaming more over, but the aliens are just ripping them apart. In a one-on-one fight, 
an alien is going to beat a Borg Absolutely. without any yeah. trouble at all. Not even not even a slight trouble. Absolutely. Even with yeah. their shielding. So um, I can't quite remember exactly. Is the shield? I mean, the shielding works. It can be, be remodulated to adapt against energy weapons. But what about physical attacks? Right? No, I don't think so. Physical so attacks definitely still affect. Because you know, Picard as Dixon Hill. Yeah, um, but then they adapt the to the then they adapt to the bullet later. Yeah, I had to go back and watch that scene because I thought the effectiveness of the bullet was because it wasn't a uh, energy weapon. But the just sheer ferocity of the aliens, coupled with their so. insanely acidic blood, would eventually just wipe them out. It's what I. I mean, I I think you're right. Now I think the Borg. I'm I'm kind of saving this towards the end of the fight, but. I think the Borg does have one kind of like weapon up their sleeve that you're not considering, hmm. um, which is time travel. Ooh. I mean, the Borg could always just go back in time to the Prometheus movie <laughs> and just stop this from ever happening. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I don't think they want, they they bother just for one 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 <laughs> cube one cube getting taken out by the by the Xenomorphs is not enough for them to warrant traveling back in time. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Otherwise, that, that you know, is... they they do it more often than they do. I mean, they do, they do it that one time to try and stop Starfleet being created, but then they don't. Yeah. they don't do it ever again. It's like, well, surely you try no, again. No, wouldn't no, you? there's more time travel. Where? There's more, in Voyager? There's, there's, they go back in time in Enterprise, um, and yeah. they probably go they back in time at some point in... Um, oh, yes, they do. They go back in time in Voyager, too. Well, I'll, I'll bow down to, the, to both of your superior Star Trek knowledge. Um, I don't believe that time travel would be used in just, just for one cube, but, hey, I'm willing to throw it into the mix. There's no doubt about it. We've, they, you may pull off the ultimate victory here, but we'll we'll go we'll keep going. So, with, with putting time travel aside just for this precise moment, so what I what I, th- I think would actually happen is after so after the aliens start ri- just rip apart this, this every every Borg that shows up, the Queen, who's no fool, would eventually was like, well, obviously this is pointless. So she would either just fly away or no um, blow the ship up. So they just destroy the ship and all the aliens on it. So what I, what I, basically what I want to happen so this is to, to continue the fight is that the when, if any of the Borg are getting beamed back to the cube, one of the aliens accidentally gets beamed back as well. Not quite in the sort of jumps into the beam like she like she does in uh, Voyage Home, but <laughs> so, but you know it basically gets in there. and so events, so you do actually get you know one or two aliens onto the Borg cube, and then all hell breaks loose. The, the Borg. Um even though it may not be successful, they will initially try to assimilate. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We haven't, we haven't mentioned the assimilation thing. Um, so I'm thinking they, they'll try to assimilate, but with the the acidic blood, that might be hard. But the uh, the xenomorphs will also try to gestate in the Borg. Yeah, we'll try and impregnate. You're totally, you're totally and right. So, so what happens if that that's that's successful? But while it's gestating in the Borg. And it's only like in a pupil form. Mm. The Borg then assimilate the gestated version. Oh, this is genius! <laughs> this is genius. Wow, yeah. And then we end up right. with a, a Borg xenomorph. You t- uh, well, uh, <laughs> let's let's go through that point from point because that's that's genius. This is why I married you. So, um, the Borg can't assimilate the the aliens, right? It just can't be done because the acidic blood would destroy any nanites that get injected, right? Done. That's a uh, conversation is done, but. Uh, the the aliens actually managing to impregnate one of the Borg. Eh, I'm iffy. I'm fifty fifty because they need to be biological for the aliens to impregnate them. And the Borg are, but they're mainly machine. 
So it, it, it depends, depends on what stage two assimilation. It depends. At. Yeah, that's totally right. So it depends on how much machine out because seven isn't mainly machine. No, seven's just... mainly biological, with a few machine parts. Yeah. Right. So I'm totally with it. I'm, I'm going. With this. My brain's on fire. I'm going with this. <laughs> the alien aliens managed to actually impregnate. We'll say it's Hugh. They impregnate Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh, yeah. <laughs> so poor Hugh gets done in, and uh, so because he was mainly human as well. So they actually get to get to impregnate the Borg. The Borg evacuate. Oh my god, this is this is awesome. The Borg evacuate is much better than my beaming thing. He's nerding out. They they oh. evacuate back to the ship, un, you know, unknowing that they're you know. But then of course the Borg, because they scan everything, they scan it. They're like, oh wow, we've got the aliens have actually made have made it back. We'll assimilate them. They assimilate them in utero. They come out borgified, and then they dominate the universe. <laughs> the Borg win. That is unbelievably cool. Oh, oh this is. Oh, this. I. I, I think it's. Uh, I was totally down for a xenomorph victory. It's, I've lost again. I've got to start bringing up some some fights where I win. What's that about? Why do I keep losing? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, so that's, that's no, I, I think we're going to go with that. It comes out, it, the, the alien comes out already borgified, grows into a full alien. they got a whole bunch of borgified aliens, and then the Borg just wipe out the Federation and then take over the universe. <laughs> with their, with their right. Borg aliens. <laughs> that is awesome. What do you reckon, Bo? I'm all for it. I win. The Borg have really won. Crystal, I really think Crystal won that one. <laughs> Crystal, all right, we'll say Crystal won that one. Well done. I always, I always have her on my team, though. <laughs> What's that about? I don't know. She, she's good. I'm going to stop calling you Yumbo. I'm going to start calling you Bocutus now. Bocutus. Bocutus of Borg. <laughs> she make a wow character called Bocutus. Do it. I... I definitely will. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it tonight. I know you're gonna do it. Yeah, as, let's just go straight into Azerothian times since uh, <laughs> since I just got beaten in contest of champions yet again. Uh, so for this uh, segment of Azerothian times, I, I'm gonna I want to talk about the inventory changes that they're making for warlords. They've already they've they've done some stuff with inventory in the past where they've made pets and mounts account wide, so just sort of free up some mm. space. And they're going to do some similar stuff uh, in Warlords with, with the heirlooms uh, and toys and possibly also tabards. Um, the tabards idea, I think, is awesome. The toys, I don't really care that much because I don't really have all that many toys. But they are, going to, they are thinking of having a, 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 a toy box so that you can put, once you get a toy item, you actually you don't have the item anymore. It just becomes a, uh, an entry in your toy box. And if you want to use that toy for whatever reason, you click on the, on the toy. So... That's pretty cool, I suppose. One of my characters has got the train set, which is you know, pretty cool. Uh, but it's always not really my thing. I prefer functional stuff. Uh, the tabard scene is cool, though, because I've got... I mean, every character I've got, except for the new guys, they're all my sort of old-school characters. They've all got... They've all still got every tabard they've ever collected. And it's wow. Like, you know, it's like 20 tabards each. <laughs> it's, it's insane. So that's, And they don't stack, so it's a slot taken up by each tabard. So that'll be, that'll be really cool. How do you how do you keep all that? Like I can't. I've had to get rid of all kinds of stuff that just because I don't have the room to keep all my like farming mats and all that sort of stuff in my in my bank. You know. Oh, well, I don't. But every every realm, so every server, every realm that I've got characters on has its own guild. So I've got my own. Oh, uh, so you have a guild. Bank. I've got four. Well, mm-hmm. I've got four guilds that are all mine, and they're all, I just use them for the banks. And each bank, each guild bank has three tabs. So I just put stuff mm. in. Yeah, so everything that's not soul bound gets chucked into there. So all the 
cooking mats. That's and, a good idea. And, I should yeah. make a bank character that just that just does that. Yeah. Well, make, make, wait up, wait up for it now because the way most, mainly it's just my crafting materials and stuff like that are in there. So, but the way with the way crafting is going to change in Warlords, you may not need to do that anymore. So. So I also was talking about of, of increasing the stacks, like ore, for example, only stacks to 20, and so they're going to increase the stacks to 100, which would make more oh, sense. Wow. Yeah. And they're also going to take, uh, just one other thing, they're just going to take away quest items. So if you get a quest item that you need to use for the quest, it won't show up in your bag. It'll, just, it'll be just usable as part of the quest itself. And you'll get like a cursor, mm. so you still need to kick on it. So say, say the quest that happens in the Nexus, well, you need to click on the little thing that analyzes the air. You know that bit where you, after you kill Acris, you click on this thing that analyzes the air, and then yeah. And um, in if you if you do that quest in Warlords, the thing won't appear in your bag, but you will still get a, a icon that you can click in order to then analyze the air. Or you'll just stand in that spot where you're meant to stand because you can't do it from anywhere. You have to do it in a specific spot. You stand in that spot and it'll just activate. I don't really know how I feel about that. I mean, I do like the idea that the item is there that you have to use. It makes it more sort of role play. Me too. Yeah, um, out of all this, that's the only one that I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, yeah, anyway. But we'll see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, yeah. I think that this uh, is just a quality of life change. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and I think it's a good thing. I, I am running out of space hardcore. Yeah. Um, and, and, and do you ever, like, whenever you're out questing, you, you, you loot something that's, like, a little odd, and you're like, well, I don't really feel like looking this up right now to see what it is. But I don't want to just vendor it because, like, <laughs> it might turn out that it's something great that I'm supposed to use for something, and I'm no. a total noob for not knowing for for not doing it. You know, uh, I just and I look so, it up. I'm a, I'm a Google straight away. <laughs> I'm too lazy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but even with even with a guild on each server and uh, a, you know a three tab bank guild bank, I'm still running out of space. So that'll give you an idea. I collect a lot of crap. So that's Azerothian times. Let's move on to coming soon. So coming soon is where we talk about the films that are coming up in the next week. Uh, I'll do Australia and Bo will do America. In Australian cinemas on January 16th, we're getting 47 Ronin. It's... They're advertising the hell of it. I saw three adverts in one ad break. Oh no, that was insane. <laughs> it was, it, the one ad break. Crazy. But it just looks terrible. I, I don't know what kind of was thinking. It just looks terrible. It's basically an Asian matrix. Just It's weird. Uh, we also get uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, which is uh, the continuation of the Jack Ryan universe. Uh, now with Chris Pine, it used to be Harrison Ford, but now he's, he's too old for that sort of stuff. So oh, Captain Kirk. Now it's uh, Captain Kirk. Uh, I actually think uh, didn't Ben Affleck also play Jack Ryan in, in one of the movies? I don't know. It was, ter- it was terrible anyway. Who cares? Uh, yeah, this movie doesn't look very interesting, but they're advertising the hell out of that one as well. And uh, funnily enough, we also get her. As mentioned previously, so excited about seeing that one. Uh, and in America? Alright, according to moviephone.com, uh, we're getting Generation War, Shadow Recruit. Oh, yeah, so you get Jack Ryan at the same time. Yeah, we are. Uh, Ride Along, Devil's Do. That sounds scary. Devil's Do, it's got an upside down cross on the cover. Cool. I like Dog's Do. <laughs> Dog's the Duty. Nut job, the Nut Job is like a kid's movie. Like, it's the opposite of Devil's Do. Um, <laughs> or is trip. it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe some kind of weird indoctrination. Well, we're not here to judge. Uh, I mean, if you want to take your children to Devil's Due, that's up to you. Yeah, it's up to you. No judge. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, back in the day, which which has like a uh, has like a Dixie cup on the front, and so I'm thinking it's probably about a uh, 
like some sort of like frat house or, or college kind of movie. Yeah, college, I'd say it's some sort of maybe. some sort of midlife crisis dude thinks back on the wild years. Oh, gotcha. That sort of crap. Old goats. Old goats. Yep. Sounds like it has a bunch of old men on it. An Adam Sandler type film. <laughs> yeah, maybe by the title, I could I could see that. So that's it for uh, coming soon. You know, go see those or don't go see those. It's entirely up to you. Don't bother saying. Go see Forty Seven Ronin and tell us if it's any good because I've heard some bad things. Because I'm not going to fork out my money. But her, we'll definitely I'm, go see. That'd be cool. And Devil's Jew. I might I might go see her tomorrow. That's good. Yeah. Go see it. Tell us. You can do it as your as your pocket doggy. So let's finish up. We've got the many varied ways that you can contact us. We've got our website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com. I've been going mad with the pet battle guides. I've got how to beat the Celestial Tournament, how to do the the legendary pet battles, how to beat Feasel from Dark Moon. Go sick. If, you, if you're having trouble with any pet battle stuff, check out my guides. We've also got an email of feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can use that to tell us how much you love us. For Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Or you can Twitter us at, at NerdCultureCast. Noid Culture Cast. Noid. <laughs> suddenly from Brooklyn. <laughs> and you Skype on Nerd Culture Podcast. You can also rate and review us on the iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, but most importantly, we have a Amazon affiliate widget on our website. Uh, it, you can buy stuff through Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Uh, but we do get a, a cut of the profits and it helps pay. Uh, help us pay for the show it basically gets us lunch <laughs> which is really cool I thought the aim was for a million dollars this year yeah yeah the aim The aim. I did say my resolution for this year was uh, I want a million dollars out of that Amazon widget thing so start buying stuff <laughs> all lunch would be nice <laughs> yeah lunch, just lunch is fine I'm <laughs> cool with that um, there's also a happy meal that stuff's terrible and uh, so anything you get to go through there is cool but if you it goes our McDonald's sponsorship <laughs> oh, no, McDonald's sponsorship gone <laughs> that is sponsor anyway um, if you want to hear more of young Bo Bo Kudis you can do so on <laughs> ECN Radio at ECNRadio.com <laughs> as simple as that um, and if you want to hear both of us you can do so on the Film Flares which is our side project where we do custom commentaries for films uh, that's at www.filmflams.com Check it out. It's funny stuff because we're awesome. Aren't we, Bo? Oh, yeah. We're way off. <laughs> okay, so that's it from me and the crew. Crystal. I'm being assimilated by a uh, Xenomorph Borg drone. <laughs> That'd be, that would be nasty. Resistance is futile. <laughs> and Bo. Your biological and technological differences will be assimilated. Bye. Bye.